Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Transformation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within the community. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. On February the 19th, around 12.20 p.m., I received a text message from a friend. Let's just call her Kim. Well, because after all, her name is Kim. Kim wanted to know if I had any time to chat about podcasting. No preambles, no small talk, you know, hey, how you doing? I hope all is well with you and yours, and then jump into the purpose of the text. Nope, there was none of that. Just straight to the point. Hey, do you have any time to chat about podcasting? And I like that. Just get right to the heart of the matter. Instead of stopping by my desk, beating around the bush, podcasting? Podcasting? Sure. I love to talk about podcasting. I love listening to podcasts. Yo, I was fascinated with a rectangle box that made noise when I was a boy playing with toys. Voices came out. Yo, how they do that? Stupid me, curious me. Jesus, are you serious? Yo, I thought I was a genius. I picked up a Phillips screwdriver, took the screws out the back, peeked inside to see who was inside and where they reside. Took the back off and it all looked strange to me, but I was forever changed. I never thought about being a writer when I was a kid. No music in the house, just rhymes, chorus. Oh, I'm sorry. I digress. So I called. And we talked about podcasting, microphones, headphones, which platform to use. Personally, I'm partial to Anchor FM because I find it user-friendly. And it's free. Well, you heard the ad at the top of the show. Plus, now they're owned by Spotify. And did I mention that it's free? (laughs) You see, I wish I had somebody I could talk to when I stumbled into podcasting. I thought of hosting a podcast in 2007 when I was a senior center manager for FedEx. I thought it would have been a great internal training tool to communicate and distribute information, conduct interviews. The possibilities were endless. So yeah, I was a little geeked up to talk about podcasting. Audio interfaces, garage band, and yeah, that little black round thingy that you put in front of the mic. Do I need one of those black round thingies that you put in front of the mic? First of all, it's not a round thingy. It's called a pop filter. It blocks the explosives. The You know, when you make those those kind of sounds, it blocks that. See, I learned some shit along the way. I brought a book, podcasting and blogging in GarageBand. I watched a few YouTube videos. I went down the rabbit hole and I came out the other end a new man. I was a podcaster. Eh, well, not really. I stumbled into podcasting. At first, it was just like, let's talk via the Anchor FM app. You'll talk, you'll record yourself, put your phone in front of you, I'll do the same on my end, then you send me the video, I'll sync the two together. But it was an elaborate, consuming process. I love talking to people. Well, let me qualify that, some people. I get excited when I hear people venturing outside of their comfort zone to start a new project, a business, uh, launching a podcast, a blog, a vlog. You name it, you love it, I love it. So I made time to share what little information I did have. 
I know I can be overwhelming at times. I know this. I have to remind myself of this. See, Amazon makes things simple. So if you tell me you want to do a two-person podcast, I'm thinking, hey, you want to know about equipment? Type in two-person podcast. You got to buy two mics. You get, hey, there you go. Everything is right there in one link. I sent it to her. That was a bit much. That's when the alert came in on my phone. That's way too much stuff. Stuff? <laughs> stuff? It's audio equipment. Oh, my God. So when I started taking podcasting seriously, I purchased a Blue Yeti. So that's what I sent her next. I found myself in Kim's shoes. One of my Facebook friends, let's just call her Tara. Well, because her name is Tara. Tara suggested she would hit me up. Maybe, maybe you should start a podcast. This was like 2015. I brushed it off. Then she started mentioning it on a regular basis, prodding, coaxing, until I finally blocked her. And when she resurfaced under a new name, none of this is true, by the way. When I finally purchased my Blue Yeti mic, I told Tara this was around September 2015. So I made my suggestions and then bowed out of the conversation. Kay made her selections and was in business. Kim looks like the type that would order stuff for next day delivery. So I was curious. I wanted to confirm my suspicions. Hey, did you get your mic and your little round thingy yet? Awesome, but it's still in the package. Baby steps, I suppose. You know, building a website, creating an IG page, promoting your own show, finding guests, it can be a lot. And unless I'm asked, I usually don't give unsolicited advice. And even when I'm asked, I proceed with caution. Hey, what do you think about this? Hmm, what do I think about this, this being artwork? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, we got to go to a word from our sponsor. Mrs. Heinzelman has been buying the same brand of peanut butter for 10 years. She thinks it's best, but with the labels of the three leading brands hidden, can she pick it out? Which one do you prefer? A. So you buy Jeff. Oh. <laughs> do you buy Jeff? No. Why did you pick Jeff? Because it tastes the best. It really does. It tastes like fresh peanuts. I'll give you a free jar. You can have your regular brand or you can have Jeff. I think I'll take Jeff. You got it. Okay. More and more, choosy mothers choose Jeff. Kim invited me to be a guest on her show. One of my only requirements was Fiji water. I don't even think I've ever had Fiji water. But since I was being asked to be a guest on the show, I think I would make a requirement. Could you have some Fiji water in the green room? Were we going to be sitting in the green room? I don't know. But I asked for Fiji water. The room didn't have to be green. Kim offered stop and shop. Stop and shop order. This is not going to do. The meeting took place in New York City. There was a Google Calendar for the event. I was told to come camera ready. I was going to need the Grecian formula or just some men. And what is camera ready? I have no clue. I arrived at the Burnick Hotel in New York City. It's a tapestry collection by Hilton. I checked in downstairs. I told him I was here for the Run the Wave podcast. I showed the lady my ID and I was given access to the elevator. Oh, that's cool. A running podcast. Are, are you a runner? As if she couldn't tell by what I was wearing. I was camera ready. Yes, my boss runs. He runs to work every day. I, I can't do it. I don't know why people always have to give me disclaimers. If you don't run, you don't run. It's cool. I don't judge. When I got off the elevator, I knocked on the door. It opened slowly and I mushed it in and told her to be quiet. She's recording with Ronald Joseph. And I noticed there's no Fiji water. It was a small request. I pull out my iPad, pop in my headphones, and I get to work. 
I want to be surprised when the episode hears, so I don't want to hear what's going on. They wrap up the episode, and we get ready to record our segment. This, my friends, is what they call batch recording. Okay, I know no one cares, but I mentioned it on Facebook, so I figured I'd clarify here. We're recording, and at some point, I want to illustrate that there's more than one way to do something. So the first example that came to mind was how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. People trying to express themselves, people trying to find themselves, people trying to find their voice. And if they're able to find their voice through running and they're able to connect with their tribe through running. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not running the way you like it. Yeah. Some people feel like it's got to be done this way. Exactly. Like, how do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Exactly. How do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? First of all, I toast the bread. See, I don't toast my bread. What? So why, why I got to toast it? Who doesn't toast their bread? Who toasts peanut you butter? You probably use creamy peanut butter, too. Yes. What? You didn't know bougie. It's peanut butter and jelly. No. You didn't have no cream. What, what, what? You had nuts? You put excuse nuts? Excuse me. Is it Jeff? <laughs> Skippy? It's, and now I use almond butter. Oh, <laughs> we I just got, so we bougie now. Now nah, nah, you use almond butter. It's probably Nutella. You it's, use Nutella? Nutella is slam. Nutella. It's peanut butter jelly sandwich. So you toast your bread and yes. and then what? I put the peanut butter on one side, mm -hmm. the jelly on the other side, and slam it and cut it. Okay. What do you do? I put the peanut butter. I, I, I don't toast my bread. I don't cut the ends. Blasphemy. Off of my 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 bread, <laughs> I do put the the, the butt in. I save that. You until eat the, the butts? Yeah, that's the last one. Do you one. eat both butts at the same time, or do you do a butt in the regular? No, you can't. Okay, the we butts, we going all the way. The butts, the butts the butts belong together. So I use like I use the, the, the do you you wash the knife off after you use your um? Yes, you're gonna dip the peanut butter knife into the jelly and have jelly peanut butter in your jelly. I I said so what I do is I wipe the the, on the, the knife. tissue. No, onto on the, other side on the, the jelly bread. side before the, there's oh, jelly on okay. there. I can see that. And then I use because it's it's just jelly. I mean, and then I put the bread on and then mash it. I want you to try almond butter. It's delicious from Trader Joe's. It's Trader delicious. Joe's. It's delicious. Okay. The no salt one. Yeah. Because you know, we're prone to high blood pressure. You got to say, you know, so. Mm. And that's when I lost it. Hearing the news of her toasting the bread came as a shock. Why would she need to toast her bread? I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, is it a... And then, that's when it hit me. I mean, was I judging her? No, I mean, I wasn't judging her, maybe, or maybe slightly. Not her existence, just her peanut butter preparation choices. I was curious in my mind there had to be a reason why she needed to toast the bread. And then that's when it hit me. She probably stores her peanut butter in the fridge and needs the heat from the toast to melt the peanut butter. Otherwise, cold peanut butter, everyone knows, rips the bread. It makes an easy process not so simple. So around 6.30 p.m., I posed a question on Facebook. Where do you store your peanut butter? No options, no preconceived notions, just a question. Where do you store your peanut butter? So after the post, a flood of comments started coming in. I waited until they finally trickled down, and I tallied up the responses. Call it a survey. It's not the Quinnipiac survey, but it's a survey nonetheless. 33% said, the cabinet. 27% said pantry. 11% said the cupboard. What is a cupboard? I, I don't I don't know what a cupboard is. I had to look it up. 
6% said the fridge. 4% said countertops. 1% said the trash. I guess they were allergic to peanut butter, so they don't really eat it. And why would you buy it and just throw it in the trash? I don't know. 1% said the car. A man says he needs it close by. He needs the protein. 1% said the jar. The jar. <laughs> you know, since it was a 1-800 number on the package, I figured I'd give them a call and hear directly from the experts. So that's what I did. I called them and I asked, where do you store your peanut butter? I was calling, I had a, a question about your creamy Jif peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping you can help me out. Um, so where where do I store the peanut butter after it's opened? That is a great question. And once that is opened, it is perfectly fine at room temperature. Um, you can refrigerate it if you would like, but it is not necessary or required. Okay. Because I, I was talking with a friend, and, and she said she stored it in the refrigerator. And I just think it makes it hard, harder yeah, to make the peanut butter. Does. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the other question that, that came up as after I was looking at the, uh, the packaging, she mentioned almond butter, that almond butter needed to be stored in the refrigerator. I don't. I've never used almond butter. I've always been a jiffy, creamy peanut butter fan. So, what? Why you guys make um, an almond butter also? Yes, we also do make an almond butter, and that as well is fine at room temperature. It does not need to be refrigerated. Okay. All right. Well, and then the only other thing is, I didn't see a warning label on here for peanut allergies, but I guess if you know you're allergic to it. There would be no need for warning label. But when I go on D&D, they have labels, you know, precautions saying, hey, some of these things may be made with peanut. Well, thank you so very much. You've been very helpful. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You have a good day. You do the same now. Bye-bye. Where do you store your peanut butter? I keep mine in our pantry. Right. That's been a common, people have said that their pantry or their cupboards or the cabinet, and some people just say they just keep it on the counter because it doesn't last that long because they just go through it so quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. See, nobody, most people store their peanut butter in a pantry. I'm really not sure what a cupboard is. I had to look that up. It was settled. I had my answer. There's no need to store peanut butter in the fridge. So now it was obviously my responsibility to share the results with Kim. So I called him. You called Kim. Hello? Hello. Kim? Hey. Hey. So I called Jeff. Uh-huh. Peanut butter. 
is Jiffy anyway. <laughs> it's Jiff. It's not Jiffy. It's just Jiff. It's Jiffy. You're, it's Jiff. It's not Jiffy. It's just three letters. Red, it's blue, Jiffy and green. It is Jiff. I don't know why you added. You're like you're like that 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 guy Tom that adds you know just changes everyone's name. Hey DJ. My name no. My name is Derek. It's not DJ. It's Jiff Peanut Butter. Anyway. Uh, Jiffy. Jiffy sounds better. Okay. Jiff Creamy Peanut Butter does not require you to put it in the refrigerator. Well, that's because no one uses Jiffy. Hello. It's yeah. It it's not Jiffy. It's just Jiff. There's no. Okay. Look. Yeah. Wait. Did you look on the back? Because my almond butter says on the back, on the bottom. I'm talking about the Jiff creamy peanut butter. I'm not talking about bougie almond <laughs> butter. And I did ask her. Can I, I did. Can just in- my hands real quick? I can't find my antibacterial. <laughs> my hand sanitizer. Make your own with alcohol. Well, I did inquire about the almond butter, and she said their almond butter doesn't require refrigeration either. Who? Jif. Well, no one buys Jif, so that's irrelevant. They are the makers of creamy <laughs> peanut butter. It's a staple in most households. And what who you... eats creamy peanut butter? Okay. I did look at some almond butter that was here from Trader. I think it's from Trader Joe's, and it, it did say um, it needed refrigeration. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and most people, yes, yes. I said okay. Most people, according to the Facebook survey that was conducted, most people do not place their peanut butter in the refrigerator. So if you can just move into the 21st century with everyone else. No, I need you to move into the 21st century and stop using peanut butter and use almond butter. And almond butter. So then I asked, I said, listen, I noticed you don't have a warning label on your peanut butter. (laughs) Why are you laughing, yo? Because this is funny. And I'm pretty sure it's Jiffy. I need to see a picture of this. It's not Jiffy. It's it's Jiff peanut butter. I'm not talking to you anymore. If you don't even know, like, it's Jiff. It's never been Jiffy. Jiffy's not even a brand. Jiff is Jiff. I got it. It is seven grams of protein per serving. She was a little, um... Wait, let me see what my almond butter has. It doesn't have any protein. It has no nutritional value. It's just for the bougie folks. How much fat does your peanut butter have? Um, fat, 16 grams. Okay, we have 17 grams of fat, mm-hmm. 7 grams of protein, 2 grams of sugar. How much sugar do you have? Sugar? Uh, 3 grams of sugar. So you have more sugar. How much sodium do you have? 140 grams. 0 grams in almond butter. Make the switch. Mm. That's your lifesaver right there, the sodium. The sodium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Wait, how many calories per serving? Well, how much is the serving? <laughs> two, <laughs> two tablespoons. Two tablespoons, 33 grams. No, how many calories? Calories, 190. Okay, so that's the same. Yeah. So the, really, the difference is the sodium. Is the, and that's probably what keeps it um, from uh, <clears throat> breaking down so quickly. But you know what? The almond butter, it does separate from the oil. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, but when you, when you put it in the 
fridge, it doesn't do it as much. No, it just stays there. There's something different about that. I don't know if um, the guy who worked on the peanut worked on the almond butter. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> but I want you to switch to almond butter. We don't need all that sodium. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to look into that. I don't know if and they the have no salted one because they have the one with salt and they have the no salt one. Yo, you know, I gotta take baby steps. All right. Let me tell you, our video, it came out so good. I didn't even look at the video from the camera yet, but the iPhone video looks like amazing. Yeah, I don't know why you didn't use your iPhone video. IPhone, yeah. I should have. Yeah. I should have. I have to see how the camera video came out, but. Yeah, you, 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 you'll, you'll have a. Um, mm hmm. Well, enjoy. <laughs> and just so you know, um, I'm, I'm, this call is being recorded for uh, quality assurance purposes. <laughs> You're supposed to tell me that at the beginning of the call, not at the end of the call. Okay, hang on. I'm going to call back and, I'm, and then I'll start it. I'll put this at the beginning. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a mini episode. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. She put pee. This is Derek Ivan Oxley from BTW News. We cover all the news that the other stations don't cover or care to talk about. The issues that are important to you. Jiffy. Who calls Jiff Jiffy? It says Jiff on the packaging. In big, bold, block letters. J-I-F. Feeling a sense of righteous pride in solving the dilemma? I did my research, my due diligence. I could put this issue to bed, pat myself on the back, and chalk another investigative report up to the BTW News and close the books on this. We are done, folks. There was only one problem, a minor detail. See, while I was replaying the phone call with Jordan, the GIF expert, I called GIF Jiffy. It wasn't planned. So why did I call it Jiffy? See, I could easily edit that part out and move on and none would be the wiser. Well, there goes my righteous pride flying out the window. Now curiosity is itching me. I've got to scratch this itch. <laughs> now I'm giddy. I call Kim and confess my faux pas. Calling Jiff Jiffy, she gets a kick out of it. We've got a theory. Since Jiffy rhymes with Skippy, we refer to Jiff as Jiffy. It's got a nice ring to it. Was it a mistake? Hmm, I don't know. Back to Facebook for one final poll. Do you call it Jif or Jiffy? Chaz, my dude asked. Yo, what's up with your recent obsession with peanut butter? He has no idea. I have no idea. I'm standing at the rim of this rabbit hole peeking in, considering delving in a layer or two, not a full-blown excavation. A simple Google search should be enough aloe to soothe the itch, right? Right? Why do people call Jif peanut butter Jiffy? Ah, here we go. J.M. Smucker, the brand that owns Jif, they purchased it from Procter Gamble back in 2001. Anyway, a Smucker's rep told Insider that a likely reason why so many people think Jif peanut butter used to be called Jiffy is that the early marketing campaigns would refer to Jif peanut butter as an easy meal that could be done in a Jiffy. Neanna Hu and Amanda Krauss wrote an article. 
Someone figured out that Jeff Peanut Butter logo looks almost exactly the same upside down. Did you know that? I didn't know that. It will blow your mind. Yes, that's all fascinating, but we didn't come in search of intriguing logo designs. No, it was a widespread false memory of peanut butter labeling saying Jiffy instead of Jiff. In 2016, people on Reddit were convinced that the GIF logo used to say Jiffy. I never thought it said Jiffy, but I said Jiffy. And if you're being honest with yourself and me, come on, be honest. It's okay. We've known each other for some time now. You can confide in me. Come on, say it. Jiffy. See, that wasn't so bad, was it? Apparently, this misremembering has something to do with the Mandela Effect, a term coined by a paranormal consultant, Fiona Boone. The Mandela Effect refers to a collective misremembering of a fact or event. Broom first became familiar with this phenomenon when she noticed that she, as well as other people, falsely remembered that Nelson Mandela died in prison during the 1980s, when in fact he didn't pass away until 2013. Hmm... So who made Jif? William T. Young made Jif in 1946 when he returned from the war under the W.T. Young Foods Incorporated umbrella. They made the big top brand peanut butter, which was later sold to Procter & Gamble. See, this story is starting to stick to the roof of my mouth, you know, like, uh... peanut butter sandwich garbles your lullaby, try Skippy. Skippy is made to melt fast in your mouth, so it's easy to swallow, easy to digest, and you get more of that honest-to-goodness peanut taste that makes Skippy number one. So, swallow the leader, Skippy. It melts fast in your mouth. Now I can sing good. Rock-a-bye-bye. It's only natural to ask who made Skippy. A few keystrokes later, I'd find myself asking this very same question. Who made Skippy? Skippy the brand is manufactured in the United States and China. It was first sold in 1932. It's currently manufactured by Hormel Foods, which purchased the brand from Unilever in 2013. It is the best-selling brand in China, second only to J.M. Smucker's brand. You know, the one with the big, bold block letters. Jif. Percy Crosby was the creator of the popular Skippy comic strip. The weekly feature commanded the attention of William Randolph Hearst, who offered a contract to Crosby with King Features Syndicate that began in 1926 and lasted until 1945. The Skippy Daily Strip was the only comic featured on the first page of the Hearst Papers. The Sunday Skippy Strip began in 1929, and the character had such universal appeal as the All-American Boy. That Skippy was syndicated worldwide and translated into over 14 languages. Back then, Crosby was making more money than the President of the United States. In 1929, Crosby turned Skippy into a novel, then a daytime children's radio serial, Skippy, that ran from 1932 to 1935. And the Oscar-winning 1931 film, Skippy. Crosby trademarked the name Skippy in 1925. 
Then, in 1932, the Omalda, California food packer Joseph L. Roosevelt began to sell its newly developed hydrogenated peanut butter, which it labeled Skippy without permission. Crosby's successfully had the trademark invalidated in 1934, but Rosenfeld persisted using the name, and after Crosby was committed to an asylum, and after the passage of the 1946 Lehman Act, Rosenfeld was granted rights to the trademark. This battle would rage on for years, making it one of the longest-running battles in trademark law history, a dispute that began when the second Roosevelt was president and ended when the second Bush was president. It was all about peanut butter. Like all good things, even this podcast must come to an end. Skippy would get to savor the sweet taste of revenge, but it wasn't the ultimate victory they were seeking. The dispute submerged for over a decade until the internet came along and got it going again. During the domain name gold rush of the 1990s, a villagent Crosby Tibbets somehow beat CPC to the punch and registered Skippy.com in 1997. Which is why, if you do a search, you'll find Skippy Peanut Butter under PeanutButter.com. <coughs> okay, I'm sorry. But even with the stickiest trademark dispute has to get unstuck sometime. In 2002, Crosby Tidbits played her final card and petitioned for cancellation of the Skippy peanut butter mark. The basis of the claim was the alleged discovery of new evidence demonstrating that Roosevelt had obtained his 1947 Skippy peanut butter registration by fraud. But the TTAB, a trademark trial and appeal board, and the district court found that the evidence was not new and the claim was barred. The fourth court affirmed on April the 25th, 2004, the Supreme Court denied Crosby Tibbetts' petition. The same day, an Associated Press declared that Skippy's lawsuits were finally over. Crosby Tibbetts, then 71, was bloodied but unbowed. She vowed to continue her crusade in the court of public opinion and is still defiant of her critics, one of whom expressed her wish that Crosby Tibbetts drown in a giant vat of peanut butter. Damn, he's vicious. Ten years later, in 2014, Crosby Tibbetts is still advocating for enforcement of her father's rights and, of course, a skippy peanut butter boycott, as the animated cartoon on Crosby Tibbetts proudly touts to this day. Skippy hates peanut butter. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Wheel. That's it. I'll just enjoy my PB&J. You all have a nice day. Until next time.